Thanks for tuning in to the New Life South Coast podcast. We want to extend an invitation to sit in live with us during our weekend service. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message inspires you, but also challenges you in your walk with God. For more information, visit our website at newlifesouthcoast.com. Now here's Pastor Marco with an encouraging word. Matthew chapter 1, I want to look at the story, but listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring the story home for us today. I really believe that if you tune in for the next few minutes, you will never look at the story the same again. You will never look at your life the same again because you're in the story. Tell your neighbor, like, you're in there. Watch this, Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before, marriage, before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin... She became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided not to go on Facebook. (laughs) Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he didn't tweet about her. He didn't Instagram her. He didn't swipe right. He decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, which is Yeshua or Joshua, which means the Lord saves. For he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet, which we talked about last week. Jesus was prophesied over the years. This is one of the prophecies 700 years before. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son. And they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, stay woke. He did as the angel of the Lord commanded. That's what it means to be woke, by the way. Do what God says. That was for free. Um, Took Mary as his wife, but he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born. And Joseph named him Jesus, Yeshua, Joshua, the Lord saves. Can you say amen? So... That, my friends, is the story of Christmas that's been around for over 2,000 years. And my concern is the story is old and we've heard it so many times that I feel like it becomes almost like a fictional story. It's almost like we, we, we read the Bible sometimes like it's in a galaxy far, far away. They live this woman named Mary and this man named Joseph and they had an alien named Jesus. You know, I feel like sometimes that's how people read the Bible. It's so far away. It doesn't seem to connect. It doesn't seem to be real. And my passion as your pastor is to bring flesh and blood into the Bible to show you that the Bible is actually a very human story. And they're so humans that you are in the story. We make the mistake a lot of times just looking at the divine side of the Bible. But there is no divine without the human. God chooses to work through human beings. Right? And we're here today because of that reality. And I want to really... Let's help you understand how powerful this story is and how much you are in this story. 
You didn't know you were in the Bible. I'm going to show you today that their story is actually her story. And if you read the Bible correctly, you should be able to see yourself in it. It's like, it's like looking in the mirror. You should be able to see what God is trying to say to you. So lean in for a second. Give me those next few moments to help you have a deeper understanding of the story. So you have this couple who is engaged. In that day and age, they believed in arranged marriages. Now that I have two girls, I don't think that's a bad idea. I'm starting to lean that way. I have two girls and three boys. I told the boys the other day, you're on a time clock. You hit 18, you need to go. You got to figure it out, what you got to do. And then I look at the girls, I'm like, you guys can stay. And they're like, this ain't fair. I'm like, life ain't fair, bro. You got to like, you got to start thinking about what you're going to do. But I don't think it's a bad idea with my girls, you know. Uh, Fellas, if you have girls, help me out here. That's not a bad idea. Because I I, want to have a conversation or two in the basement where where Jesus doesn't go. And I want to know, is this going to work out? Do you have what it takes to take one of my girls, you know? But so they believe in arranged marriages, and so this marriage was arranged, and so in that time period, when you had an agreement between two parties, and, and the next thing that the, 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 the husband-to-be would do is he would go back to his house and build an addition to his father's house. That's how they used to do it back in those days. That's why when Jesus said, in my father's house there are many rooms, I'm going to prepare a place for you, Jesus was trying to give us an analogy of what it means to be the bride of Christ, and that he's doing something to show you how it works in heaven. Like Jesus is preparing a place for you now. That's why he says, I'll come back. So Joseph was in the process of building this, this, this addition to his father's house to get ready to get married, and probably within weeks or, or months to come, And then he gets hit with this bombshell. See, I think this is where we miss the Bible. We don't see it as a human story. Can you imagine being engaged, excited, you're building the house, and all of a sudden, you get hit with this phone call. Hello? Oh, hey, girl. Hey, Joe, how are you? I'm good. You know, today, putting the tiles in the bathroom. You know, it's looking good. It's coming along. Yeah, that's good. Um, I need to talk to you. Yeah, girl, what you, what you want to talk about? What you, what you want to talk about the honeymoon? I mean, are we good? Are we good for Egypt? Like, we, we, we're good. Girl, you must be tired. Stop it, Joe. No, for, for real, you must be tired. You've been running through my mind all day. Girl, stop, Joe. I need to talk to you. This is serious. Girl, I am serious. What you think I'm doing over here? Building our future. Well, about that. Um, I hate to do this over the phone, but I know the next camel home is not till late. I just... I, I need to tell you what's going on now. What's up, girl? What's going on? I don't, I don't know how to tell you this, Joe, but I'm pregnant. Hello? <laughs> Joe, are you there? 
man, what, what, what are you talking about? Um, Joe, it's not what you think. Hello? Joe, I'm telling you, it's not what you think. What do you want me to think? What is going on? Joe, I, I don't, I don't, I just is crazy, but it's not what you think, Joe. Like, I'm pregnant, but here's the weird part. Wait, it's not weird already? Well, weird part, Joe, is like, like, this is God, Joe. Hello? <laughs> Joe, you there? Mary, are you, are you serious right now? Like, that's the best you got? This is God? Joe, I'm, I'm, Joe I, 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 this is so crazy. I can't make this up. Like, for, like this. Mary, I, 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 can't, I, can't, I can't right now. This is crazy. Like, I, I got to go. I don't know. We'll, 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 I got to talk to you later. I got to go. Bye. What would you do? What would you do? That's the ghetto in you, like. Like, Joe, we're going to talk about this right now. Joe, look at his phone. 65 missed calls. Mary, 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 Mary. But seriously, though, like, what would you do with such news? Like, you're building a future with your significant other, and you get hit with this bombshell. What would you do? Sometimes I think we gloss over this. It's a real story happening in real time, right? And, and a lot of times when I hear Christmas messages, we, we, you know, we focus on, on the angels and the wise men and Mary, and these are all powerful, but I think we overlook Joe. I think Joe is the unsung hero in this story. And, and it's typical. Guys never get any credit. Like, can we be honest for a second? Right? The kids hear, hear, the, hear the, the keys at the door. They're like, Mom, Mom's about to be home. You open the door, it's like, oh, it's dead. <laughs> Mother's Day is like a for real holiday. Father's Day is like a side note. You're like, yeah. Here you go. Another screwdriver. <laughs> hey, there you go. <laughs> I got like five of them. But you know, the guys usually don't get the full credit. But man, I need you to pay attention today that Joe is powerful. And I want to, it's so powerful. I need to title this talk, Not Your Average Joe. It's not your average joke. Because I, I believe this, that, that if you pay attention today, you're going to see something really powerful that Joe teaches us how not to live an average life. Because think about it. He is one decision away from being average. What changes Joe is a dream. 
Because if you notice, he said he was going to leave her quietly. He's a good dude. He's like, I'm not going to blow up her spot. I'll just call it off. You know, I'll just go ahead and do my thing and continue on. And he could have lived that life because most of us, most of us, we would do the average thing, which is to just say, man, you know what? That didn't work out. I'm just going to go ahead and, and, and do my thing over here. And if he had done that, we would never be talking about Joe. And it's crazy how many of us continue to make decisions to just live average lives. Because the dream was the difference. Joe had a dream already because he was building it. And then God interjected that dream and says, I have a better dream than that. But when God has a better dream for us, we are in a crossroad. Do we embrace God's dream or we keep doing our thing? Because the, the, here's the thing, guys. He has a dream, but get this. He could have rationalized that dream away. He could have said, man, man, I was crazy. I woke up like, man, I must have had bad pizza last night. Like, I think God was speaking to me. I must be, I must be losing my mind. Like, there's no way. Man, I'm going to call this off. Peace. I'm going to live my best life. And then we generalize it. We say, all women are the same. All guys are the same. All churches are the same. Everybody's the same. And we start making average decisions along the way. Right? And so he's in a crossroad because it's not just a dream, it's a God dream. And when a God gives you a dream, now you're in a crossroad. Do I yield to his dream or do I keep doing my thing? Because I do believe this with all my heart. God speaks to every single one of us. But not everybody listens. The Bible goes as far as saying many are called but few are chosen. The difference is who is listening. Because listening in the Bible, it's not what you heard, it's what you do what you heard. You see, Joseph had to... Listen to the dream and then do what the dream said. See, God's got a dream for all of our lives. The difference between you and the next person is one average move. One average move, this guy would never would have made the story. And you know what's amazing about this? If you would have went that direction, the average direction, you know what God would have done? Okay, let's figure out who is available because that's what the Bible says. God looks around and says, okay, who's available that wants to carry my dream forward? Who's available that would be willing to carry my thing forward? Because God's dream doesn't stop. It's just that some of us will miss the boat by one average move. So the first thing that Joe teaches us, if you don't want to live an average life, the first thing that Joe teaches us, you must learn to embrace God's disruption. My friends, life is filled with disruptions. You're probably in the middle of a disruption right now. And you have a choice to make. Do I see a disruption as just a problem, a nuisance, or do I see it as an opportunity? Because he had a dream, but he was disrupted. That dream was disrupted. And now he is caught in a crossroad. What do I do with this disruption? My friend, you embrace the disruption. Because God's dream is so much better than what you had in mind for yourself. But the Bible goes as far as saying this about dreams. It says, look, we can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. He had his plans. He knew how it was going to look. You know, we're going we're gonna to get this house, get the 2.5 kids, you know what I mean? Build the 401k and then call it a day. And then one day he would die and would say, Joe was a good guy. Come on. Or we can embrace the disruption that God brings for a greater purpose. Pay attention to the disruptions of life. God tries to speak to us. And a lot of times, majority of the times, 99.9% of the disruptions is painful. This was painful. 
put yourself in his shoes. That's a painful disruption. But you know what? God does his best work through our pain. You have to understand, C.S. Lewis said it best. He said, pain is God's megaphone to arouse a deaf world. We won't hear unless he hurts, unless he hits home. What you're going through is supposed to build you up to be a better person. God is trying to take you and mold you and shape you into his image and likeness. Learn to embrace the disruptions that life brings. Because it comes in many shapes and forms. A sickness could be a disruption. For God to show you, let me show you who is your maker. A marriage trial could be a disruption. Your kids acting up could be a disruption. You getting a pink slip on your job could be the very best interruption in your life so you can finally get yourself in a corner to launch that business that you were in mind to launch in the first place. Someone broke your heart. That could probably be the best disruption ever. God is saying, I know that knucklehead. He wasn't going to sustain you. I had to break it now because I know what's best for you. I don't think about now. I think about later. Pay attention to the disruptions in life. Embrace them and watch what God will do. My first God disruption took place when I was 20 years old. Average 20-year-old. Like every average Cape Verdean, I thought I would be a professional soccer player. <laughs> the next Ronaldo. Dream on. But I, but I was in a, in a, I went to a camp. It was a Christian camp. And I went there for all the wrong reasons. Have you ever been to church for all the wrong reasons? I know we in church, but could we be honest for a second? Have you ever went to a church thing because you just was trying to please somebody or you were trying to get with somebody? Oh, y'all ain't gonna... Y'all ain't going to talk to me, but that's what I did. I went to this camp for all the wrong reasons. And what you do when you go for all the wrong reasons, you sit all the way in the back. Not you guys, me. You know, I sit all the way in the back, you know, and, 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 and did what most of us do when we're not into it. We just make fun of people because church is hilarious, yo. If you're paying attention, like some of the, you know, I, I grew up in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a church where, you know, some of the moms would wear their curtains to church. You know what I'm saying? Like... <laughs> church was just and I would have my fun I would be in the back having my fun and, and you know the, you know God's got a sense of humor because the wherever the guy was up here all I heard was womp 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 Jesus womp womp like some of y'all right now all you hear is womp womp and all of a sudden he said he said I'm about to close he said bow your heads close your eyes and I had my disruption you know what I heard for the first time in my life 20 years old thinking I'm living a life I heard a clear voice say you're living in vain my friend, there's religion, then there's meeting God. It's two different things. It's two different things. 20 years old, average, wouldn't do anything wrong. But what was I doing right? See, that's where you know there's a difference. It's not about what you're not doing wrong, it's what you're doing right. 20 years old, he disrupted what I thought my life was going to be. 20 years ago, if you would have taught me, if you would have said to me, man, one day you're going to be in front of people and you're going to be preaching the gospel, I would tell you, man, you must be smoking something. <laughs> but I believe all of us have those moments, but not everybody listens and acts on those moments. Pay attention to the disruptions of life. Maybe God is trying to interject to give you a greater purpose. 
or we can live an average life. I love Joe because he embraced the disruption. Not easy, but he embraced it. And it leads us to the next thing that Joe did. See, you have to understand this this morning. When you embrace God's disruption, you must also embrace, this is not easy. You ready for this? You must embrace the noise that comes with it. Or better yet, go to my next slide. Embrace being misunderstood. Don't you understand what happened to them the moment they said yes to this plan? You know what they said yes to everything else? They said yes to everybody's gossip. They grew up in a small village where everybody knew everybody. Do you think they believed that she was conceived by the, like she was pregnant by God? You try that. <laughs> Did you know that there was a rumor that she must have done something sketchy? And now here's a young girl, virgin, has to live through people's gossip. Do you know what that does to your psyche? To your emotions? What about Joseph? Now, so he's got to embrace this girl that everybody's talking about. And he's got to be man enough to say, we're going to do this. If you want to live above average, you've got to stop worrying about everybody's opinion about your life. know what's so crazy to me? Most people don't live above average because they're worried about people's opinions. I thought that was a youth problem. I was a youth pastor. I thought, man, this is just kids, you know, they're trying peer pressure and all that stuff. And then I became a senior pastor of a a church like this. And I find out, whoa, 30-year-olds, 40-year-olds, 50-year-olds are worried about people's opinion? Do you think when you die, God's going to say to you, hey, what do you think about what Sally thought about you? There's only one question God's going to ask all of us. There's only one question. What did you do with the life that I gave you to live? Did you live it to the fullest? That's that's it. But here we are consumed with people's opinions. Some of us will peek our head out, try to find purpose, and we get boom. And we're like, okay, 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 I mean it. Good vibes only. What the heck does that mean? If good vibes mean I can't rock the boat and I have to stay my status quo and not do anything significant, then it's not good vibes. It's complacency and I've settled for life less than what God created for me to live. Do you know how many criticisms we received since we launched this church? But you know what you have to do when you get criticized? You have to not look at what the people are saying. Look at their fruits. I always tell married people, your marriage is in trouble. The worst people that you need to talk to are people who have had bad marriages. Don't listen to the guy who's been divorced five times talking about, let me tell you. No, don't, please don't. You already did. You already told me. Your fruits already said what you already did. You know, and then you hear, don't, whatever you do, don't get married yet. No, I'm not going to get married the way you did. Everybody has an opinion, but not everybody has fruits to show for their opinions. 
And you know what's funny? Some of the biggest critics we've had is actually religious people. You know why? Because he doesn't fit the mold. Why is it fun? And what do we do when we don't know what to do? We label stuff. It must be a cult. It has to be a cult. Why? Because I don't have anything else to put it under. So I have to find something that's hurtful to say to somebody. Because I'm hurt. I need to hurt you. Because I don't know what to do with myself if I don't hurt somebody else. Because hurt people will hurt people. Hurt people will just continue to hurt people. You know, we'll show what we're doing in the world and how we rescue people. You know what you hear? All they want is your money. But you don't even give. <laughs> Funny thing is, the people that say all they want is your money never give. Because we have, we have statements of people who give. And you're like, yo, show me Johnny's statement. Oh, he gave a dollar like two years ago. <laughs> if you're going to live an above average life, you got to kill the noise. You have to learn how to live in the tension of the noise. Because not every noise is for you. My friend, if you want to please everybody, go sell ice cream. But make sure you have gluten-free. Make sure you have avocado ice cream because you might offend some people who are, you know, are trying to watch their weight. It's like, why are you in an ice cream truck in the first place if you... Okay. <laughs> Can you imagine... What Joe had to keep dealing with psychologically. Because he decided, I'm going to embrace this. Can you imagine for the next nine months when she begins to show? You guys know how Christians gossip, right? Girl, you see Mary's belly? Mm-hmm. You need to pray for her. That's how Christians gossip, by the way. They never pray. They just say you need to pray for her, but you don't actually pray for anybody. Hello, somebody. Talk to me. <laughs> you, know. you seen pastor? <laughs> oh, man. Five years trying to change the world. And you got naysayers trying to hold you back. I don't know about you, but the song says, let's give them something to talk about. Let's actually live our lives and give them something to talk about. You're going to talk about me anyways, so I might as well praise God, worship God, bless God, serve God, change the world, change New Bedford, change South Coast. I might as well. You're going to talk about me. Let me give you something to talk about. My God. My God, let's give him something to talk about. Embrace being misunderstood. Because I'd rather be understood by God than to be understood by haters. Come on. By the way, the whole hater thing is fake. Most people don't have haters. They have imaginary haters. It's like, how can you have haters? You have five followers. Your mom, your uncle, and your crazy uncle. Who's hating on you? Your own mom. Because you're in the basement eating cereal, talking about, I'm going to get a job. But haters going to hate. Man, get off that basement. <laughs> I don't know who was that for, man. Get off that basement. You need a disruption. Some of y'all are enabling this basement stuff. 
Some of y'all need to be the voice to be like, man, you need to get out. Come on, it's about that time. Like, do something with yourself. All of y'all are going to talk to me. Joseph, not your average Joe, my friends. And I believe this. Deep down inside, all of us can hear the voice of purpose. Just not all of us will actually carry it through. Could have just been a dream. You know how many people died with it was just a dream? Do you want to know what the richest person, the richest place on earth is? The cemetery. So many potential, so many dreams that never came to pass because we worried too much about people's opinions, too much about what people would think as opposed to actually do something and let, and let the chips fall where they may and let God be God and let you be who he's called you to be. The third and last thing I want to share with you about Joe teaches us how not to live a lavish life is, first of all, you have to embrace God's disruption. Second of all, you have to embrace the noise that comes with it, being misunderstood. But then the third thing is so critical, you must learn to embrace your role. You have a role to play in this economy of God, in this dream of God. And that takes major adjustment because by nature, we are egotistic. By nature, we're selfish. That's why his first reaction was, I'll leave her quietly. I'll protect my dignity. That's what we do by nature. It's like, what's best for me? You see, but God's role for you is bigger than you. God says to Joseph, I have a dream. It's bigger than you. And you're going to have to play a supportive role in this. You see, the, the movie of God already has a leading role. It's taken already. Jesus is the leading role. He's looking for supporting cast roles. He's looking for people who are able to say, listen, there's already a number one. There can be two number ones. Remember, theologian told us that? That would make 11. Ricky Bobby was right. Can't have two number ones. Right? So, so the goal of, of, of Christmas is to teach all of us, God has a plan. He's got a role. Number one is Jesus. We are here to play number two. And that rubs against pride. That rubs against all of our selfish nature. You mean I'm supposed to? You mean I'm supposed to to to, to take care of her? It's not even my kid. You know I mean? I'm supposed to? Yes, I'm, you're supposed to. That's the role I have for you. You see, you have to understand today. You don't have a title of a husband. It's a role. You don't have a title of a wife. It's a role. You don't have a title of a mother. It's a role. And in church, if you get to do anything for God, you know what the Bible says? I'd rather be a doorkeeper in God's house than to be someone important somewhere else because God doesn't care about you playing your own role. But man, that goes against the grain of our nature to say, Lord, I'm willing to submit. Can I give you a secret here? Fulfillment. Everybody talks about happiness, but you know what's more powerful than happiness? Fulfillment. If you are fulfilled, you'll be happy. But if you chase happiness, you'll never be fulfilled. My God, that's a good word. Do you know why our world is unhappy? Because we don't understand fulfillment. You know when fulfillment comes? When I know who I am. And I know what I bring to the table. And I know what I have to offer. I don't have to be you. I don't have to be you. I can just be me and do what God's called me to be. That's fulfillment. And there's no fulfillment if there's no purpose bigger than yourself. 
Ask anybody who has done anything right in his life is because they bought into something bigger than themselves. The businesses will last 30, 40, 50, 60 years despite all of the economical crisis are the businesses who put their customers first. So if that's true about business, don't you think it's true about marriage? Don't you think it's true about parenting? Don't you think it's true about a church when God is trying to bring people together to say, hey, I need all of you to play second. If you play second, this church will go through the roof and we'll continue to bless people and help people and strengthen people and encourage people. Because some people come and say, how can I get to the pastor? The pastor's not the mission. How can I get on stage? Trust me. You'd have no idea. You get a paper cut and you whine about it? You want to be on stage for the whole world to throw rocks, to throw mud, to throw shine, to throw hate, to throw stuff? Like, you think you want this? You know the weight of responsibility? To say you speak for God? I was joking with the young lady that did the, 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 the giveaway. I'm like, man, I want your gig. You know why? You're just throwing gifts. You can say whatever. You give someone a gift. They're like, I got a gift. But I'm talking about trying to be an image of God and every word is hung upon. And they'll let you know. They'll let you know. Like they do at work. When you do something wrong, they're like, aren't you that church person? Oh, I didn't know you were paying attention. You know why? Average people love to criticize. But above average people will not just look at what you're doing wrong. They'll look at what you're doing right and say, man, I'm so glad you're doing that. Because you know how the saying goes. Average people talk about the people. Above average people talk about ideas and goals and dreams and aspirations. Like, man, where can we take New Bedford? Where can we take the South Coast region? How much more can we do to change the world, my friends? We're here trying to play our role so the world can change. Joseph played his role so 2,000 years later we can talk about him. Now that's fulfillment and legacy. My goodness. Isn't that what we want? Isn't that what we want? Fulfillment is when I'm part of something bigger than me. We were here the other day just putting this stuff together. You know how many hours it takes? The beautiful people of this church, man, it blows my mind, man. I'm just amazed. And they do it gladly, man. Blows my mind. We've been doing this for five years. Setting up, breaking down, setting up, breaking down, setting up, breaking down, setting up, breaking down, setting up, breaking down. But you know what we hear in, in spirit? Fulfillment, contentment, happiness, joy, serving, loving God, loving people. Oh, man. God's going to do it again. He's going to do it again. And guess what? He's done it. We got a building. It's here. It's coming. Thank God. live my life like that than to be the guy on the sidelines with all the answers but no game you know that guy he knows what Brady should have done but he's never played my friend life was meant to be played God has got a starting role for you it's about bracing your role and do your part in this thing say 
Can you imagine come to the end of your life and go, God, let me tell you how many people I criticized. <laughs> you know, I'm not into that church thing, man. I'm just cooler than that, man. I'm, I'm lit. I'm lit. Yeah, you're going to be lit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. When it's all said and done. Mm. If Jesus is not real, I've lived a better life than anybody in this world has ever lived. For sure. But my friend, he is so real. Can I end with this? Listen, let me end with this. Because this is so powerful. Joseph had to embrace this. But Mary did too. Mary had to as well. When Mary got the news... She said this, so powerful. This is, should be our response to God's disruptions. Look what Mary said when, when the news was broken to her. Mary, you, you've been chosen. Can you imagine to be chosen by God to carry purpose? That's the thing I need to understand you to stay. It's not just Mary that's pregnant. All of us are pregnant with purpose. All of us are pregnant with possibilities. All of us are carrying something that needs to come out. Look what she said. It's so powerful. She said, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. My God. I am the Lord's servant. This is uncomfortable. Pregnancy is uncomfortable. But birth is a beautiful thing. If you can hang in there and let God develop you. Disrupt your flow. Embrace the criticisms. Embrace your role. Watch what he will birth. We are a living testimony of that. Five years ago, we were pregnant with the church. Look what God has birthed. Look what God has birthed. Is it painful? Oh, my God, you have no idea. You know how much you want to get on Facebook, too? And say some stuff, too? Right? Do you know how much you want to be like, oh, you think you know what you're talking about? Let me, let me tell you. And can I be honest with you? You know how many times I've written it and then had to delete it and say, nah, uh, uh, I'm not going to suck into that. But God, but God, but God, but God, let me hold my peace because you ain't got none. You ain't going to take mine either. I'm preaching so good. My God. (laughs) My friends, here's Christmas in a nutshell. This is it right here. Let me end. Watch. Christmas, Jesus came to save us and make us a part of his story. That's the point. You have a role to play. But you must, you got to embrace the disruptions. Allow me to pray for you today. Would you stand on your feet as we close? We ought to say like Mary, Lord, I'm yours. Whatever you want to do, I'm in. I'm in, Lord. It's so much easier to be religious because you can just do the, you know, this, kneel, got it, sat down, got up, did it. No, I'm talking about life. I'm talking about the disruption of your life for a better life. Something that leads to a legacy. Do you know every preacher lies when you die, right? 
He's a good guy. He was amazing. He killed it in 2K. His fantasy team, amazing. I don't want to lie to your funeral. I want to say, man, they lived an above average life. They lived an above average life. Thanks for joining us today. If you want to connect with us, you can find us at newlifesouthcoast.com for any further information.